0: Loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he st- starts. He scores. he scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Here is a moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! With yes. one second away.
1: Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association. This is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports.
2: You heard Sam Davis. This is Pick and Pod, WFUV Sports NBA and WNBA weekly podcast. I'm Kelly Bright alongside Jack Roche and Will Grant. It's been a minute since I've been on the show, but I'm glad they brought me in during a time when the Celtics are the best team in basketball. And we're not talking about the Knicks today.
1: Yeah, well, I I don't know. what <laughs> you, you you like might as well have not even fixed your headset <laughs> because we're talking about the Celtics today. And, and you know what? You know, Kelly Bright's in charge here, but I, I'm sure there will be a little bit of New York talk. But oh, we
2: have oh, there's a- something happened in Brooklyn. S- sprinkled, I sprinkled.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Gigi Spear, by the way, shout out to her because she's going to be at the Nets game on Sunday.
2: Oh, that's going to be a great one, great one, and it's going to be a great one because. As of today, I guess, as well, technically, as of this weekend, uh, Kyrie Irving will be a full time net except for one game they'll play in Toronto. Uh, This just in yesterday, there is a new New York City exemption for in town athletes and performers effective immediately beginning today as we're recording this March 24th, which means that Kyrie Irving can make his home debut on Sunday versus the Charlotte Hornets. Now, uh, timing—you can't ask for better timing. I don't know how big of a factor that had into everything. Uh, into this decision, kind of interesting, kind of interesting. I, I would like to point out that this new mandate does not extend to non-entertainers, mm-hmm. or uh, which is interesting because Irving said originally that he was standing with those people. Uh, when he chose not to play, uh, Will, since you're the only non-Boston fan here, and we're gonna be talking a lot of Celtics later. What's your opinion on this whole new uh I guess new vaccine non mandate I don't know what, what is it? Lack of <laughs> an exemption. La- Yeah, the, an exemption the, the that's the word of, I'm uh, looking for. This new exemption.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be really beneficial for the Nets, obviously, getting Kyrie back. I mean, he's he's putting up crazy numbers each and every night. I know yesterday was his birthday, he went crazy. Um but also, this is going to be huge for the MLB teams as well. Uh, that's for a different podcast, of course. But <laughs> let's get down to it. Celtics right now are just unbelievable. I mean, twenty-one and three in their last twenty-four games, like, and some unbelievable wins. They they have great wins against top teams in the league. They blew out the Warriors by twenty-two, Jazz by twenty-eight, and uh, you know the net series they beat them by a total of sixty-one combined. So. Right now, I mean, the Celtics. Right now, they they can easily grab that one spot. They're three Ooh. games away from grabbing that one spot in the East, and if they make that one spot, there's a good chance they're going to play the Nets, who are the number eight That's team. The so, thing. and they are three and zero against the Nets in their last twenty four games. So, it's shaping up for a good ending in the East. I don't know.
1: So I have been yeah, you, talking. You you did this. not like that take. No 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 no. I, it's it's the like fan in me. <laughs> here's here's what I'll say. Right. Because I've been following, I'll start first with Kyrie, because I've been following this whole vaccine thing pretty closely.
2: Oh, yeah. we. I mean, Jack Roach here, our in, in-house <laughs> yeah, Nets beat yeah. reporter. Yeah, <laughs> uh, for
1: a roach bomb. <laughs> um, so, um. So, Kyrie, you said there's no better time. You know, if I'm the Nets, like, 70 games ago would have been a better time. That's fair. But, yeah. They got him for nine more games, mm-hmm. I want to say. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't able to play because of this vaccine mandate, right? And they repealed that recently for fans and for, like, customers of businesses. Right. Because the, like, the key to NYC vaccine mandate, that was what people thought was preventing him to play. And they repealed that, but it wasn't the, like, private employee vaccine mandate, which is still in place, but they made an exception exemption, which is probably for baseball. But Kyrie gets mm-hmm. to play, too. <laughs> nice. Celtics because that like is actually the nets assuming that they come out of the playing game are going to be the scariest 8 seed ever. I mean, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, we could talk about Ben Simmons. Personally, I don't think he's going to play basketball this year. Um the whole situation with the epidural. Um you got an epidural, which I didn't know what that meant, but it's well, I don't. <laughs> yeah. For all those who don't know what an epidural. <laughs> It's like an injection into your spine to like numb, numb everything. But I don't think it's working. <laughs> so oh no! Don't expect him to play. But that team still is a lot of trouble. And as someone that has a rooting interest in the Celtics, I do not want them to see the Nets in the first round.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask that later, but you know what? You just set step, put it in a box right now. So uh, let's go with it. Uh, is it worth? I'm like I'm seeing seeing a team like Miami who's been playing horribly as of late. Is there like you mentioned? Is there any weight in semi tanking right now to avoid playing the Nets? Because you, I I think you're right. The Nets they're gonna probably play the Raptors in the first playing game. They're probably they're going to win that game. And then you're right. I I do not want to play a Nets team that has Kyrie Irving full time. I mean, he's literally having the season of his career right now and you get him back right in time for the playoffs. That's that's extremely dangerous. And I yeah, I as a Celtics fan, I I think it's very possible that they come into that top seed. I do think out of the kind of eastern conference contenders if you will. I think the Celtics defensively have the best chance of matching up against the Nets, but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to play the Nets in the first and that, that's their it's very very I could ve- I could easily predict a 1st on upset where an eight seed goes all the way. Can I make
1: a slight correction, though? Yeah, you said that Kyrie Irving's having the season of his career. Well, okay. I just Let like to a say a, how many he's having he he's play? having half the season yeah, exactly. of his career. But yeah,
2: <laughs> he's having the best eight yeah, games no, of no, his no.
1: life. It like, <laughs> really just, is. <laughs> I'm just <laughs>
2: but but like but realistically, <laughs> you look at his numbers. I mean,
1: oh, it's crazy.
2: It's even they lo- they lost yesterday, and he had 43 points. I mean, it, he's just been playing super well, and. He, and I think in some of their, they lost yesterday and Steve Nash was saying, oh, well, you know, I they're still getting used to playing with each other, which is funny to hear when there's only nine nine games left in the season. But like I just said, they've only really played, what, six to eight, eight games, I think, uh, with Kyrie and KD in the lineup together. So we really haven't seen what that duo can do.
1: Yeah, no. And you made some really good points on how well the Celtics have been matching up against the Nets. And the most recent game where they played at TD Garden, I was actually, I remember that day. It was beautiful out. It was Sunday. I went for a bike ride. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, I'm missing the Celtics-Nets game. So I I have, like, a little phone holder on the handlebars, and I I clipped it in. I was on a protected bike path, Mm -hmm. you know. Wasn't doing anything dicey, but I remember Tatum, like, hitting a big-time shot, and they they go up, and I'm, like, on this bike path just screaming, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Um... But, man, the Celtics really do play well against the Nets. And I remember Kevin Durant speaking about Jason Tatum and just the progression in his game because, you know, he started off a little shaky this year, not very efficient, you know, shooting splits. But right now he is the best player, you know, clearly on offense. He's right there on defense on the hottest team in the league. I mean – there's nothing you can say poorly about jason tatum right now and even his facilitate you know i'm i'm just i'm not going anywhere with this i'm just talking about how much i like Jason Tatum. but i don't know tough matchup between the two teams
0: yeah i mean it's definitely going to be something that people are going to want to watch um i mean whether or not they're the eight seed going in and playing against the one i think that they'll meet each other throughout the eastern conference playoffs at some point or another and uh it's just you know the one, I think one of those games where the Nets played the Celtics uh, obviously they won all three but I think one of those Kyrie wasn't playing or two what was it the, was it two games at I think at it, I it was think two it was two I was yeah. at both of them so that's like. a huge game changer especially when we're talking about with Kelly saying over here he's play, he's having the best half season season of his life so I mean if he's not playing in those games then we can't really you know have a uh, have a have a true understanding of how they're gonna play against Kyrie if he's not playing. in all those games yeah. I also I'm sorry I'm sorry I just have to get this in I'm so sorry no, Kelly. I'm...
2: <laughs> don't apologize
1: the Nets you mentioned they played two times do you guys remember the game where the Celtics started off on a 14-0 run uh-huh. against the Nets and they call a timeout and then they go they followed up with a 14-2 run so they play them pretty well and I know that Kyrie wasn't there but in the third game Kyrie played and he had a great game Celtics still won. So,
2: no, that's what True. I, I think the oh,
1: by a way less margin.
0: Sorry, going No, go ahead. I think the matchup
2: <laughs> is in the Celtics' favor and I think you look at this team and to me the key factors in how they've been able to completely f- turn around their season, which by the way is is mind-blowing if you look at the first half of the season versus them out of the All-Star break, it, it just defies odds. However, I think when you look at the keys that have made them successful, number 1 is their defense, which I think is a huge testament to their coach and and bec- and their versatility i think we talk about jason tatum that's obvious i think marcus smart especially is someone who's stepped up and he's someone he's always been in the defensive player of the year conversation for obvious reasons he can defend at one through five at that same elite level but i think even more so than that you know as a celtics fan jack uh and as a basketball fan you probably know this the celtics biggest issue in the first half of the season was not being able to pass the ball and mm. not being able to share and we look at what Marcus Smart has done as of late. He's averaging eight assists per game in March. And I think I'm pretty sure he just tied a record. He did. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me see. Tied Rajon Rondo for the most assists in a quarter in Celtics history, which is also the most by any player in any quarter in NBA this season. So he's not going to be He's not. – you're not going to build a franchise around him as your point guard, but he has stepped up. And I think he's going to be an X factor going into the postseason.
1: It's funny cuz the Celtics actually tanked to get Marcus Smart. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember this, but the last time they were like actually bad, they tanked to get Marcus Smart. And you know what? Like he's he prides himself on his defense. But he had 13 assists last night. Right. And you mentioned, you know, just the Celtics playmaking and how that was a concern earlier in the year. They don't really have that true point guard. And I've been so impressed at how guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have picked that slack up. And maybe it's, you know, like, I know he's not the best player in the world, but Al Horford has definitely made an impact on this team, just Especially his kinda, defensively, too. Yes, yeah. yes. They're, man, they're a tough team. And you know what? What? They're a game and a half out of the one seed. Mm-hmm. I'm really, you know, I don't want to do too much of a preview of, of the rest of the segment or show, but. They're starting to put some separation between the Bulls. Um, I don't think DeMar DeRozan's playing tonight, so you know the, I think the Bulls, the Cavs, they're they're starting to to separate from the pack. Um, it is going to be a tight race to see where that one through four shakes up
0: look there's no better time in the league I mean I I could say a few games ago but when you are getting hot at Mm -hmm. this point you we even know in college basketball when we see it sometimes we see a team go to the tournament in their respective conference they kill it and then they come back into the tournament for the real thing and they they got momentum they're going they're really they're really out of the shooting out of the races so Basically, if there's any good time right that then right now, I mean, there's no better time because they were they were 25 and 25 at one point. Now they went on an unbelievable run, 46 and 28. I mean, the difference between that record they 25 and 25. They were 25 and 25 at one point. I mean, as a Knicks fan, I was like, oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> All this dude, they went on a 21 to three uh, game winning streak. That's crazy. Yeah, they were or not. Ga- they were street, 16
2: and 19 me. at one point. That's and they've been twenty nine and nine since.
0: I mean, when teams Ridiculous. know at the end of the season when they need to turn on the Jets, I mean I'm scared for the playoffs for anybody who's not the Celtics right now, maybe the Nets, but anybody who's not the Celtics or Nets, I'm not sure. Like the Bulls have very really fallen back. Um, you know, the Heat, like you said before, they're 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 just playing disgraceful as of now.
2: Right. And I think I think you're 100% right and and Jack we might as well get into this conversation because I really mm-hmm. wanted this episode to be about this Eastern Conference and how competitive and close this race is going to be. And when you look to me there's about five maybe six teams capable of coming out on top in the East right now. You got Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee, Sixers. I don't really know after that, maybe just five. Yeah, I maybe think just five. five. Maybe it's just five. five. <laughs> just five, but <laughs> like you mentioned in terms of momentum right now to me, the Celtics are the obvi- have the most momentum. And then I see a team like the Heat and what we saw yesterday. And I would love to get your guys' reactions on that little, I don't want to call it a fight, but whatever it was between Butler and Spolster at the end of the game there. I mean, to me, I look at this Miami Heat team and I see a team that's imploding. A team that is doing the exact opposite of what you just mentioned. They were hot at the beginning of the season, a little bit in the middle, and now they are starting a slide. Now they still have the best record in the East, mm-hmm. but – to me, they're getting cold at the worst
1: time. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be the one seed. Okay. But I personally am not concerned for them in the playoffs solely because of what's happening right now. You know, like maybe from a personal perspective, I don't. maybe I don't think they have the guys, whatever. That's a different conversation from what I'm saying right now. I don't see the outbreak, outbursts last night and say, wow, that team has a real problem because we've seen Jimmy Butler do that before. Mm-hmm. We saw him do it in Minnesota. I remember he said to all the guys on the team, you need me. He he beat all the starters with bench players. You need me. And you know what? They did because they've been a disaster until this year. And then he was the closer in Philadelphia. I mean, with that Kawhi Leonard shot, Do you guys remember it it went around the rim as he fell out of bounds? (laughs) Oh, how could you forget? But my point is, what you do forget is that that was Game 7 against the Sixers,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Am I making that up? That is true. I feel like I always forget which team they were playing against, and it's a Jimmy Butler-led Sixers team that had so much potential. I mean,
1: they could have won a championship that year. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler is a vocal player, but we've seen it work. He's a team guy. And that outbreak is not – I don't think it comes from a selfish place. That's fair. I think it comes from a, hey, we got to get our act together. And they've got nine games to figure it out or however many games they have left. Um, So that's how
0: I feel about it. I I completely agree. I think it's a true testament to, I mean, Jimmy Butler's fierce attitude to win when you're the number one team and you're unsatisfied. I mean, if, if you're really causing all this ruckus, you're, you want to get your team uh, behind you. You want your team to stay motivated, stay in the game, get ready for the postseason, and you're still number one and you're still unhappy, it says something about your character as a leader. You want these guys to go far and beyond. You don't want to be one or two games up in the Eastern Conference with the one seed. He wants to be seven games, eight games, where it can't even be a conversation who the best team in the East is. But It is
2: know. interesting to me, though, and I... I- respect and somewhat agree with both of your opinions. I will say, I, maybe I'm thinking of a Celtics fan who has seen pushing matches on a bench turn into ugly ugliness down the road. I'm thinking 2018, 2019. Brown and Marcus Morris get into it. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure conference finals and the playoff bubble even, I think, Celtics had an issue with that. So I guess maybe I'm just, I have trust issues. But that being said, Jimmy Butler hasn't been playing his best basketball mm-hmm. either. And he's shooting 15% from three since the start of February. So to me, I'm like, all right, how much of this is leadership and how much of it is just pure frustration, whether that's with his team's effort and, and their execution or even just with himself. Now, I he is a leader, and I, and I do think this team has guys on their team who are clutch, especially in the postseason. Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero even, I know. Say what you want about that, but but we've seen him. I mean, maybe it was just bubble magic, but we've seen him do well in the postseason. So maybe even if it's not happening right now, that still isn't the playoffs. So Mm -hmm. maybe you're right. Don't hit the panic button. However, I I don't like seeing the fact that a player and a head coach Mm -hmm. were having disagreements because to me that means there's something going on with with how the players are buying in. Because at the end of the day, if you have players going against the coach, you're not going to win a championship. Like, everyone needs to be committed mm-hmm. to that one goal, to that one mission. So when I see a player and a head coach and then Haslam also – is he a player or a coach? Of this, like, whatever
0: yeah, happened to like that. he's like a hybrid kind He's like 57.
1: like Yeah, but you know what? Sits on the he said something that can't be repeated. He said, I'll kick your – you know. Mm-hmm. He would. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you well, guys know. He's like too. a black belt crazy, like – he I did not well, know, no that. really he's like the like strongest scariest dude in wow. the NBA like you don't mess with Udonis Haslam.
0: and his like, <laughs> his like relationship too. When I look back at the video, there was a close-up video that a fan took, mm-hmm. and it was you know Haslem getting in the middle, and he's like, "Jimmy, you're coming here like this is my like this is my guy, this is Spolster. I've been with, with him ten plus years. Like yeah. this is my this is one of my father figures, basically like that. And you're over here disrespecting him like that, and you're you're a new guy. I mean, it's just a crazy situation, like you said before. I mean, it's never gonna be really beneficial for the entire team if somebody's arguing with the coach it's going to create a schism where some Mm -hmm. people take this guy's side this guy's side so and you're going to the playoffs right now it's such a bad time but also I mean flip side what I said before it could be a motivating factor but we'll see when the postseason comes (laughs) you know what I'm more concerned about than that they just lost to the
1: 76ers without Joel Embiid Or James, or James Harden. Harden yep. It's
2: like you're reading my mind. I was literally just about to ask about the Sixers. I mean, continue. You know, no, continue.
1: They're uh, I'm I have a a love-hate relationship with James Harden because he's oh, my okay. he's my favorite sure. player in the you league. You love
2: him. I know you love him.
1: But sometimes like I remember when they played the, the Nets and they just got absolutely blown out and I was like, I've seen this happen before. I've seen the situation where he does not come up clutch. You know, where where they play the Warriors in Game 7 and they miss, like, 20 straight three-pointers as a team. I've seen James Harden just fail to to deliver in big moments. Fair. But he didn't have to do that the other night because he wasn't playing, and they still beat the Heat. I mean, that, and J- Jimmy Butler had 27 points. You know, like, he didn't have an awful game. Here's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about... Tyler Hero because I saw the highlights of the fourth quarter and they were just absolutely shredding Tyler Hero whoever he Mm -hmm. was guarding they got the ball to him and the ball went in the basket you know so you kind of need the offensive production from him but he is just such a defensive liability. liability so the Heat definitely have flaws that can be exposed but they also do have that star power. So, and you know what, Eric Spoelstra is like, he, he's a Hall of Fame coach. You know, and that that's pretty weak that Jimmy Butler would question that. But I think they're gonna figure it out. I don't know. That's just that's my two cents.
2: I I do. I think that defensive take is a strong. Like I completely agree with that. I think there is a hole there defensively. But also, I think it helps that the Heat does have strong defenders mm-hmm. beside him to, to yeah. make up for some of that slack. And I do wonder, I, I was going to look at that game and the Sixers because I think they're a very interesting team um, coming to the playoffs. Uh, I think for them it's it's a big question of who's on the court for them at what time, and I think that has a huge impact on what kind of team you're going to get night in and night out. But this is a team that this week beat the Mavs, Heat, and Lakers, and then Miami without Embiid or Harden. And to me, all those key games when there's only about – Less than two weeks left in the season, we want to talk about momentum. That's a pretty good place to be for this team. I, they are nine and three with James Harden in the lineup, um, which is four and zero against teams under 500, five th- five and three against teams with winning records. Uh, five of nine of those nine of those wins came within five points in the last five minutes. So they are very interesting team. I I don't want to call them inconsistent. I think. I would love to hear your guys' uh, opinion on Tyrese Maxey Ooh. because I think he is, now the, you're reading definite, he is the definite <laughs> X factor. I And we know Embiid's good. We know Harden has his flaws, but is also really good. Tyrese Maxey, to me, is going to be the X factor in a postseason run for this team,
0: totally agreed. I mean, we talk about the Sixers taking down the Heat, number one team in the East, without without arguably the, like the best player in basketball right now in Joel Embiid and James Harden. Uh, so you got to look who who on the team scoring, and then you look, you see Tyrese Maxey, twenty eight points. I mean, he's he killed it that game. He shot seven for seven from from uh, the free throw, three for seven from three, nine for fifteen from the field. I mean, the, the kid's killing it. Last night, I saw a play. I was watching the Sixers game. It was a swing around the entire top of the key. Mm-hmm. It went uh, one, two, three, down to Maxi. Each player that got the ball had an open, wide-open shot for three, but they knew the play was going to end up in the corner with Maxi, where he faked it and went up and just put up a beautiful swish, uh, just a, a little, uh, a, 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 about a 10-foot shot, and it just shows. I mean, everyone on the team can shoot. They know they can, but they know that they also have this bright Seed in Tyrese Maxey, who can really just you know take it on his own when he needs to, when he doesn't have Harden or Embiid. Wait, time, out, time out,
1: You're telling me that multiple guys had open three pointers, yes, and I, they I, passed I, it up, so he but, got a two point. No, well, that sounds like bad math to me. No, well,
0: I mean, there's more of a chance of him making a pull up.
1: You're right. You're right. I <laughs> guess, but you know what? My point is, they've got. Well, we're up like 15 too, but they're just playing good basketball. Are you a
0: Sixers? Sixers fan?
1: No, I'm a Knicks fan. Oh, I thought you said we. I thought you said we are. My bad.
0: No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm a Knicks fan, sorry. All right, all right.
1: Well, you know what? I like the Sixers. I, think I that, like that too. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got a lot of talent, and I've been especially impressed with how Tyrese Maxey has handled himself with the addition of James Harden just because— Harden's such a ball-dominant guy, and throughout the season, Maxie was kind of the guard, the guy that had the ball in his hands, leading the ball up the court, and obviously that changes when you add a guy like James Harden, and I think, like, you you mentioned the inconsistency, you know, what was the stat? You said 9-3 and with...
2: 9-3 and uh, with James Harden in the lineup, uh, but... 5 and 3 against teams that have winning records.
1: See, when I hear that, I hear they've only played 12 games together?
2: Yeah. You know, Isn't like that crazy? they're
1: they're still figuring this thing out and here we are like are the Nets going to figure it out? Like it is difficult to put together a cohesive basketball team and we've got two contenders doing it on the fly as what? We're almost in April. So I got to say, I think the two most talented teams in the East are the Nets and the 76ers. But they've, the Celtics? I mean Yeah, what are we yeah, doing yeah, there Jack? Yeah, Come on. No no, 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 they're Celtics They're not man. they're not they're not as talented as the Sixers That's or theirs. Okay, yeah, I get that. I think that they're a well-oiled machine and they have figured out the bumps and the Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, cuz they've it took those 50 games where they are fi- 500 to get to where they are now. Right? The, the Sixers and the Nets don't have that luxury. You know, they're, they're doing this last second on the fly. We've done presentations like this before in school. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work out.
2: <laughs> <you know? laughs> I, I completely agree, and I think something interesting about the Sixers is that they're deep. And we always talk about that in the playoffs, that a team that has those bench players, those rotational players, especially when you have guys in your team like Harden and Embiid who have a little bit of an injury problem. Mm -hmm. I don't want to wish that on anybody, but it could happen. the fact that these guys, especially someone like Tyrese Maxey, have experience stepping up in those positions, stepping up in those roles, I think that's going to be huge in the postseason. And and I look, they're a team kind of like the Celtics that they've been spreading the wealth. You look... I know Tyrese Maxey uh, stepped up in that last game, but uh, the last win they had, but it was all, everyone was playing for them. Embiid, Harden, Harris, and Maxey all had double digit points and got up, I think, over 20 shots each. So the fact that they have four guys shooting at that volume and that efficiency, uh, that's scary going into a postseason, especially you look at some of their bench guys, Shake Milton, uh, Niang, he had 15 points. Just those those role players are going to be huge uh, later on down the line.
0: Look, your point, I I couldn't agree more. That the Sixers team is just so you know deep and and just the whole Eastern Conference in general. Like when you look at it right now, I'm looking at it, the seventh team in the East is six and a half games behind. So you're saying, I mean, April teams starting to get their team starting to get their momentum going. And I think this is the closest I've ever seen the Eastern Conference come down to the final 10 games to really set that seating up. Because usually, I mean, we look look over in the West, we see the Phoenix Suns absolutely dominating, taking that one spot. And they've they've had that secured for, I mean, it looks like, it seems like a month now that it's the most dominant team in the West by far. But this East is wide open and anybody can break into there. So, you know, I think what we're talking about talent in the East, I think that's the whole summary of the show. You got the Celtics, you got the Heat, you got the Sixers. And what we're forgetting about is the defending champions, the Bucs. Yeah, we literally about
1: I had it pulled up. You, you took the words out on <laughs> now my mind.
0: Now I'm reading your <laughs> mind.
1: <laughs> no, but really, we, we talk about, you, you mentioned how the Sixers are deep, right? Right. I think they have probably, I don't want to say the best, but the most talented starting five in the NBA. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, Shake Milton's good, but let's no, not get carried he's away. He's not a
2: starter, no, but, he, but, but he's I don't, putting up decent minutes.
1: I think minutes. I mean, like, someone's got to play know what I minutes. Mean, when he's someone's got to play minutes. He's not a
2: liability. You know what I
1: mean? He's a lot. Li- he can score, but you've got Shake Milton, DeAndre Jordan, Nyang, and Danny Green. Come okay, on! Listen, Are you kidding before, me? I'm supposed to be impressed had, by that?
2: They've only had Harden there for a short period of time, and they they've stayed in the top five seeds of this conference mm-hmm. with, without Harden. It was just those, I mean, and they've had people co- who have been injured in and out, and I think just the fact that those guys who obviously aren't going to be a starter on any maybe, maybe for Orlando they would start, but I, the fact that they've gotten time, they've gotten experience, I think that's going to be beneficial. I'll take, Should uh, their number be called on? You, know, you I'll know take,
1: I'll take Bobby Portis I, and yeah, Sergi Ibaka. Yes, over any of those guys. Yes,
2: I. Pat Conna- myself, give me Pat Connaughton. I <laughs> consider myself an avid Bobby Portis fan.
0: I love Bobby Portis. He's got those crazy eyes. Oh. Yeah. Every
2: every season that I've done Pick and Pod, there's at least one episode where I talk about Bobby Portis for like twenty minutes. straight. Really? Yes. yes. Twenty minutes
1: straight. That's like. That's yes. a lot of
2: Bobby Well, I know, but I liked him in college. I was, like, obsessed with him. Where'd he go?
0: <sighs> he went to some Arkansas. obscure school. Uh, no, I think he went to Arkansas. Arkansas? Yeah, yeah I want to say Arkansas. Oh, I thought he went Arkansas. to, like, Old Dominion or
2: and something. And I remember, I don't remember who they were playing, but in a March Madness tournament, he made some crazy play, and the eyes came out. The eyes came out, and he was looking right in the camera. And I was like, "This guy, he has it. He has the
1: X." Did factor. he have the X Factor when he knocked out Nikola Miracic, <laughs> Remember that? Do you guys remember that? Oh, no, what? Do you remember Nikola Miracic? He he played in Europe. He came to the NBA. He was good, and uh, Bobby Portis punched him in the face and broke his <laughs> nose. And He's you know a freak. what? The 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 cherry on top is at the end of the year, all the teams they vote for for like who their best teammate is, and the Bulls voted for Bobby of Portis. Of course, they wow. said I would
2: vote for Bobby Portis.
1: So if you need someone punched in the face, Bobby Portis is your guy. <laughs> Good to know.
2: <laughs> if you take away anything from this episode, that that right there. That's the golden that that's You don't the get thing that right
1: uh, with the bench on the 76ers. You no, just don't get that kind don't. of contribution.
2: <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, this Bucks team, I feel like we just we never talk about them, but if you just look at their big their big 3, mm-hmm. Giannis, Middleton, and Holiday, that's a trio worthy of serious conversation. We just kind of have neglected them. Uh, they have five players right now shooting above 38% from deep, which is a really nice compliment when Giannis is putting all that pressure at the rim for you. So uh, I don't know why we never talk about them, but this team is good. This team is good. It's just
0: not as, not as explosive or fun to watch, I feel like. You know what I,
2: I was going like... to say? Are we just, like, used to them That's being the good? thing. Yeah. That it? It's
1: not like the new shiny toy where you've mm-hmm. got right. Drew Holiday, who's like – Not the world's most exciting player, but or explosive, whatever, Mm -hmm. but he's a great player. Mm -hmm. And there was like a getting used to that, and that's cool. But at the end of the day, he's just like a good guy. You know, there's not like, oh my God, you see that Drew Holiday highlight (laughs) last night? (laughs) So now they're just doing what they did last year and playing well, but it's just not as exciting because we're used to what
0: they do. I agree. There's also a flipped side to that. That's like, you know, they're not the new shining toy, but also they're not like that that proven dynasty yet either they're like right right smack in the middle like they're they're it's weird because like we kind of just went the entire podcast talking about the east and left out the bucks so (laughs) it's like you you can't really put them in onto that pedestal but you're also like well they've been here they're established they know what they're doing
2: i think also the fact that they haven't had brooke lopez until very he was out for a very long time Mm -hmm. i think Defensively, he has such an impact on that team, especially in terms of versatility. You have him in there; the the options for your lineups um, just triple. Uh, you can pack the paint, you can go big, or you can go small. Keep Giannis in there, uh, playing at the five. But I I think it's exciting that they have him back, and you know you never know with them. And I mean, we saw what they did last season. I certainly didn't pick them to win the whole thing last year. So, uh, we are running out of time on this episode really quick first of all want to give a shout out to evan fournier who set a new franchise record for most three pointers in a season for the knicks so there's a silver lining a little gold star for for the celtics last year i know he played for
1: the celtics (laughs) (laughs) i thought he wanted to i wanted him to stay but also shout out
2: to trey young who is now i saw a tweet and it made me laugh and i knew i was going to bring this up he's the only player with two home courts
1: Oh my goodness. I'm, Atlanta I'm lost. and FSG. Uh, classic uh,
2: classic uh, Knicks fan uh, trying to be like, oh what what i
1: what, what? Were, I, am, I think
0: I'm just too dumb to <laughs> <laughs> pick up on that I but I thought
1: you were being like like oh whatever. I don't know. No, I'm just kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're
2: not. Those are my two quick shout outs, but last you just have to give one team and This may be too early to tell, and it, and maybe you don't. This doesn't have to be completely locked in, but you're one team to come out of the East after this entire conversation. Anyone?
0: The Knicks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I I really, I really just like the momentum of the Celtics right now. I mean, like we said earlier, they're just fantastic. I mean, don't don't toot your own horn that I'm going for your team, but they are just unbelievable. i I'm, I'm trying to
1: pull this up. I, I've got it right here. I'm not going to show you the amount, but I have a bet placed. Oh, putting the,
2: your money where your mouth is. For
1: the Boston Celtics to win the championship. I took it. For it? Oh, for the when championship.
2: We're going beyond just yeah, coming Yeah, I took oh, it
1: in January. Wow. I'm not so. going to say the number. It was 3000 <laughs> when I took it. That. So, what you put
2: on Wow. Yeah. Two for two are saying the Celtics. Let's make it three for three. Oh, I'm going wow. with the Celtics. and
0: Officially a this, Celtics podcast. This <laughs> is officially a Celtics
2: <laughs> podcast. And also, I think this is a little biased of me, but it's been a minute for me as a Boston fan since I've seen a championship.
1: Oh what? Boo hoo! Like,
2: like maybe years? two years, three years. Patriots. But that's a long, Patriots. That's in a 2018. long time for me. That's a very, especially for the Celtics. It's been a long time coming. But they need some love. They need some good vibes in Boston. So
1: we've got the next what four years when we've got two of the best young wings in the league locked down under yeah, contract. Yeah,
2: but why not now? Why not now? They're hot.
1: There's no time like the All present. Right. Well, at least at least I think
2: they might I think they're going to come out of the east, but that's going to do it for this very fun edition of Pick and Pod for Will Grant and Jack Roach. I'm Kelly Bright. Pick and Pod is a production of WFUV Sports.